This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Today's message is entitled, Jesus Came to Earth at Just the Right Time. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. And to set this up so that I can bring you all the way to the punchline, the climax, the bottom line, I want to tell you a story about when I was a kid and I would get the Sunday paper. Remember the Sunday paper was really thick? And remember the section that you would go to, at least the section I would go to, was the comics. And there was Dondi and there was Peanuts. But one that uh, you may have turned to and read was Little Orphan Annie. Little Orphan Annie had just blank eyes in the comic, but what a story. Now here was a, a lonely, rejected, forgotten young girl, but she gets adopted by Daddy Warbucks. So now she is the daughter of a wealthy man. And you know, in a great way, that is a picture of you and of me. We were orphans. We were rejected. We were spiritually bankrupt. But when we received Jesus Christ by faith, we became children of our loving Heavenly Father, and we are wealthy beyond measure. We went from orphans to being the children of God thanks to Jesus Christ. And that's why he came, so that we might be adopted into his family. So God showed his love to us in these four ways listed in our passage, Galatians 4, 4-7. How did God show us his love? He set the perfect time. He sent the Savior. He sent the Spirit. And he saves us. Let's look at this. First of all, God set the perfect time. In Galatians 4, the first part, it says, but when the set time had fully come, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son. Now, what is the set time? Can you imagine with me that God is a planner? He plans things well in advance. Before the creation of the world, he knew that if he gave us a free will, we would blow it. If he gave us a choice, we would choose to want to be independent. We would stumbledly dig our heels in and say, I can do it myself. God knew we were going to need a Savior, his Son, Jesus Christ. So when he began the earth and he started with Adam and Eve, 
He could see down the line all of civilization. And he chose one point in time for his son Jesus to come to earth. It was the perfect time. It was the appropriate time. It was the most needed time. Now, when you're thinking about the history of civilization, would you have picked the time of the Roman Empire? Let me tell you six quick reasons why God chose the time of the Roman Empire as for when his son would come. Well, the first is there had been 400 years of silence since Malachi. Malachi was the last prophet that spoke on behalf of God and said, Thus saith the Lord. But nothing was revealed, no miracles happened from the time of Malachi until the birth of Christ. There was a spiritual silence. There was a radio silence. There was a quiet in the spiritual realm. So that prepares people's hearts for something God is going to unveil his own son. Secondly, during the Roman Empire, there was the Pax Romana. That means that Rome had a time of peace. And during that time of peace, uh, people were able to do commerce, they were able to travel, they were able to communicate with one another. That was key. Because not only was God the planner, God the Father, thinking about revealing his son, but he wanted the gospel to spread to the ends of the earth. And for that to happen, there needed to be a time of peace. Next, there were mystery religions. Mystery religions meant that there were uh, all sorts of cults and groups that believed in strange things because there was such a spiritual hunger among the people. So people were willing to join these cults and do all sorts of strange spiritual gymnastics because they were searching for God. There was a spiritual hunger. And then there was Koine Greek. The trade language of the day was Koine Greek. Everybody in the Roman Empire spoke Koine Greek. You can't do business unless you speak Koine Greek. It's like today, that you can't do business unless you speak English. English seems to be the common language of our world. Well, Koine Greek was the common language of that world, which would be so key because Koine language is so specific that the New Testament is written in Koine Greek, and it has specific words. Did you know it has five different words for love in Koine Greek? We only have one word, love. But it has different shades of love in Koine Greek. It's a very precise language. And then the Roman road system. Every road leads to Rome. You've heard that expression. That talks about accessibility. That when Jesus would be revealed and eventually the Apostle Paul would start spreading the gospel, he could travel the Roman roads to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. And then, how is this the perfect time that, uh, for the God the Father to send his son? It was a fulfillment of prophecy. And there was such accuracy. What the Old Testament prophets said before in old times came true in the life of Jesus. How many prophecies do you think Jesus, the Messiah, fulfilled? 
over 300. What are the odds of any one person fulfilling 300 prophecies? It's one in one with 13 zeros after it. That's the odds of one person fulfilling 300 prophecies. It's astronomical. But Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies. Why? Because he's the Messiah, the promised Messiah. Now, of course, the most obvious one is Micah 5.2, that he would be born in Bethlehem. And in Luke chapter 2, 1 to 4, I want you to notice two things. I want you to notice that not only was Jesus born at the perfect time, but I want you to notice that God is sovereign over everything. Because he's doing something in real time. He's doing something when there was a Caesar Augustus, when there was a Quinarius as governor of Syria. In real time, he's setting it up for his son to be born. It says in Luke 2, 1-4, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, uh, in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And we all know that the Messiah would be born of the line of David. So number one, how did God show his love for you? How does God show his love for us? He set the perfect time to send his son. The second thing we see is that God sent his son. It says in Galatians 4, 4b and 5, God sent his son, speaking of his divinity, born of a woman, speaking of his humanity, born under the law, speaking of him being Jewish and obligated to fulfill all of the law. So this is our Savior, Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, and also Jewish so that the chosen people, the ones that God had revealed the word to, the one that God had given the Ten Commandments to through Moses, was to fulfill all righteousness so that when he gave his righteous life as a sacrifice for our sins, he didn't pay for his sins. He paid for your sins and mine. So we could be forgiven and so that we could receive his righteousness. So Jesus, fully God, fully man, fully obedient, came to redeem all of us. Those who are Jewish and those who are non-Jewish. The Jewish people, and the goyim, the Gentiles. Jesus is Savior of all. I love what Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, it is the power of salvation uh, for all who believe, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. So this is an equal opportunity gospel, that we could be forgiven of our sins by placing our faith in Jesus Christ as Savior Messiah, 
Lord. And when you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're adopted into God's forever family. You have gone from being little orphan Annie to being the child of Daddy Warbucks. You've gone from being rejected and poor and forgotten to being the object of your Heavenly Father's love and acceptance and His pouring out upon you great spiritual wealth. God loves you so much, He sent His Son to be your Savior. But He didn't stop there. God sent His Spirit. It says in Galatians 4, 6, because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into your heart, into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So, first of all, it's great that Jesus Christ came and He died on the cross for your sins and for mine. But secondly, it's great that because God sent His Spirit, when we trust in Jesus Christ, Jesus comes into our hearts by His Spirit. You know, you've always heard that phrase, pray to receive Jesus Christ in your heart. Where does it say that in the Bible? Right here. That God has sent His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son, into our hearts. And because the Spirit of the Lord is inside of us, we know we belong to Him. The Spirit is a witness inside of us saying, you belong to God the Father. And you can cry out to Him and say, Abba, Father. The word Abba is Aramaic for Dada, Papa. It's the first words a little kid would learn to call his father. We have that same intimate and close relationship with our Heavenly Father that the Spirit of God inside of us can say, Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I need you. Daddy, be with me. I'm, I'm struggling. Daddy, thank you for blessing me. We can talk to our Heavenly Father in intimate, personal terms because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Do you know when in the Gospels Jesus used the word Abba? When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had asked Peter, James, and John to stay up and pray for him and support him spiritually. They fell asleep. Jesus was on his knees praying, and the stress of facing the cross and drinking the cup of wrath that should come against us to the last drop was so stressful that he was actually sweating drops of blood. And medical doctors have proven that a human being under phenomenal stress will sweat drops of blood. Jesus, in that moment, said, Abba, Father. He was talking to his daddy. And you and I, 
have that same privilege. Whether we're going through a hard time, a Garden of Gethsemane time, or whether we are having a pleasant time, we can call upon Him. Daddy. Daddy. By the Spirit of God. The Bible says that we don't know how to pray as we ought. We're weak in our prayers, but the Holy Spirit prays in us and through us with sighs and groans too much for words, exactly according to the will of God. Aren't you glad that when you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins were forgiven and you received His righteousness? Aren't you glad when you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit of Jesus has come into your heart and that He witnesses that you belong to Him and you can talk to Him in prayer? Aren't you thankful for that? And God saves us. It says in Galatians 4, 7, For you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has also made you an heir. Now this is very interesting, because you think forgiveness and righteousness is great in my salvation. The Holy Spirit in my heart and an intimate relationship with God in prayer is great. But it doesn't stop there. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer a slave under a set of legalistic rules. You've been set free by grace. Your heart wants to live for the Lord. You don't have to be told outside of yourself to buckle up or to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You love the Lord voluntarily, and because of that, you are experiencing a freedom to love Him and to enjoy Him and to serve Him. And there's no law that could ever relegate you and, 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 and help you to do that. You do it because you're a new creation in Christ. You're child, God's child. And as God's child, you're also an heir. Now here's the, the bottom line I was talking about, the punchline, the conclusion of this passage. Little orphan Annie went from being in an orphanage to being in a mansion, to being the child of Daddy Warbucks. Now, you, when you received Christ, you were adopted into God's forever family, as a son. It says as a son. Now, why does it say as a son? Because in Roman times, a child did not inherit the family wealth until he or she came to a certain age. A full-grown son was qualified to inherit the family wealth. When you received Christ, you are regarded as a full-grown son, as a full-grown heir, meaning all of God's wealth is yours now. You're like, what? That's right. Have you read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 lately? Praise be to God 
who has um, given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. You are wealthy beyond belief because you've trusted in Christ. All of the riches and the resources of heaven are yours. Do you believe that? You've moved from being an orphan. You've moved from being a slave. No different than a slave. A child in the household of, of a Roman family. And a slave in a, in a household of a Roman family were no different. But an adult son in a Roman family inherited the whole thing. There's a difference that's being made here. You're no longer a child. You're fully qualified and of age to enjoy the wealth of your father. That's a beautiful thing. And why is this important to Paul as he's communicating to the Christians at Galatia? Because the Christians at Galatia had forgotten this message. The Christians at Galatia had been deluded by false teachers that they had to obey the law. And Paul's saying, Oy vey! What are you thinking? Having started with the Spirit, you think you can finish in the flesh? Why are you getting under the law? You've been set free from the law. And now you are children of God and you have all the spiritual wealth available to you. Don't live in fear. Don't live with a sense of inadequacy. Don't live with a sense of bondage. Live free in Christ. Live fully in Christ. That's Paul's message. Someone asked Dallard Willard, what is the goal of life? And he said, we're in training for reigning. R-E-I-G-N-I-N-G. We're in training for reigning. So in other words, you have been saved by God to be a king's kid in God's forever family. And you will be a co-regent with Christ, a co-ruler with Christ for eternity. Is this not rich? Is this not wonderful? Is this not beyond our imagination that God loves us so much that he sent his son so we could be forgiven and receive righteousness. That he sent his Holy Spirit so that we could be empowered to live for him and we can pray, Abba, Father. And that he saves us and also crowns us. This is amazing. God's love for you and for me. Something interesting. If you think about the Bible chronologically, the book of Galatians was really an earlier book that Paul wrote, maybe among the first few books that he wrote. Later, he would write his Magnus Opum, the book of Romans. And you know what he did in the book of Romans? He expanded on these truths he said in Galatians. In Romans 8, 
14 to 15, he said, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. So praise God that here on earth, We may go through tough times. We will go through tough times. Those who live righteous lives shall be persecuted. The point is, hang on to the Lord because the best is yet to be. You shall reign with the Lord Jesus. You are king. You are queen with the Lord. To me, this makes Advent the reason for Jesus coming, so much more than we realize. Because what's under the Christmas tree for you? Because Christ came, all the gifts of God, all the riches and the wealth, uh, resources of heaven are under the tree for you. The problem is that we as Christians or just like those Galatian Christians, we live under our birthright. We think we're paupers. We still think we're little orphan annies. We have an orphan mentality that says, woe is me, I'm unworthy. Sure, I'm going through tough times, but what else can you do? Don't have a defeatist attitude. Don't quit with a spirit of resignation. God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Remember, you're a king's kid in God's forever family. Thanks to Jesus Christ coming to the earth. Thanks to the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts. And thanks to the fact that we, are not just children of God, which is amazing enough, but we're heirs who have already inherited everything and will come into that inheritance all the more when we see Jesus. Christmas just got brighter. Christmas is way more than you think. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are amazed at your grace, at your unmerited favor that you should provide for us above and beyond what we could have ever asked or imagined. We don't deserve forgiveness of sins, but you provided for that. You saw that need in advance. You knew we'd be wayward. You knew we'd be willful. You knew that we would be rebellious. 
But even when we were your enemies, Christ died for us, the ungodly. And we say thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for filling us with the spirit of your son. We cry out to you, Daddy, we love you. Daddy, we're so thankful. Daddy, we need you. And we're so thankful that there's a privilege we have now of relying on your spiritual resources to live an abundant life this side of heaven. And then there's an inheritance waiting for us in heaven that is unspoiled, that will not uh, corrode or rot or fade in any way. Thank you, Lord, for the future reward of heaven and the privilege we'll have of reigning with you. We praise you. We thank you. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.